I don't need any more squirrels in my life. There's way too many of them. Thankfully, we have systems in place that actually help eliminate some of those squirrels. So... Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Friday. I was, I was digging that song. <laughs> Lenora was too. We were like, yeah. I was digging that song. I don't know. I love it when we have the good energy on this call in the morning. So, okay. So today we are going to talk about systems. Systems are the number one thing that people ask me about. I get asked a ton of questions from a ton of you, a ton of other people always want to know about systems. Is that something you're interested in, in hearing a little bit about today? Great. I love it. Herb, thanks for the, the thumbs up. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, we're going to talk about, you know, what is a system? Okay, we're going to talk about the basics. So this is a little elementary for you. Uh, hang in there because next week we'll go into a little bit more like actual tactical stuff. But I think it's really important before you go into tactical a tactical stuff, you have to understand the foundation, right? You have to understand the foundation, like the thought process, the mindset behind it. Because if you don't, you're just going to be doing a bunch of stuff and running around like a squirrel and then you know, nothing's ever going to get done. So I don't know about you, but... We don't need, I don't need any more squirrels in my life. I don't need any more squirrels. There's way too many of them. Thankfully, we have systems in place that actually help eliminate some of those squirrels. So, okay. So let me go in and I'm also going to apologize, you guys. I created this presentation myself. So it is, and I am not very graphic proficient. <laughs> that is not my strength. Um, so you know, don't mind the little elementary uh, presentation here. I just, you know, I did what I could. So <laughs> bear with me. Don't laugh or you can't. I don't really care. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk through like basically like systems 101, like understanding the systems in business. And I'm going to talk today a little bit about like, what is the difference between a uh, a system and then a tech stack and how they how they correlate with each other? Because I think there's a there's a common misconception that a system is technology and it's not. Uh, it is, but it's not at the same time. So um, that's what we're going to go over today. Feel free, as you know, on any of my calls, put any questions in the chat. You know, raise your hand, come off mute. You know, don't make me be the only one talking the whole time. As much as I love to teach, I also like to talk to people. <laughs> so there's that. Okay, so basically, I want to identify or 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 define what a system is. Um, so basically, a system is a collection of processes. It's a collection of workflows, uh, standard operating procedures, SOPs that work in conjunction with each other to run your business effectively. Uh, it is a specific framework that creates structure and consistency. How many of you have read the book, uh, Raving Fans? Stop sharing for a second so I can see. No one. No one here has read Raving Fans? Oh my gosh. Okay, hold please. I'm going to give you my link. I want you to go. If you, if you want to, I would highly recommend you read it. I'm going to show you something real quick. This book is literally, it is literally like, 
six, not even maybe a hundred, a hundred pages, but it's only like half, you can't even say it's blurred. It's only like half the page. Like they have such big margins on the pages. So you should buy this book and actually read it. But then when I tell you, you're going to read it a million times. I've read this book uh, once a year, every year I start out the year with this book. Okay. This is a fantastic, fantastic book. So if you have not read it, I'm going to give you my link. And I want you to go buy it. So Milu, can you do me a favor? On the Notion board, uh, under recommended reading, there is my link to order this book specifically. Can you grab that and put that in the chat, please? Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so the reason why I bring that up is because Raving Fans is all about how to create a customer experience that you, that creates people wanting to come back to you and tell every single person about you. How many of you have that dream in your business? How many of you have the dream to never run another ad, to never have to make another prop, to never have to run another run another dial or make another call? How many of you have that dream? We all have that dream. And I'm going to tell you the secret to it is having clear, consistent systems in place to create the same experience for every single customer every single time. Without those, you're going to miss you're going to miss something. And that's when you start to rattle. That's when you start to squirrel. That's when you start to think about what could you do better. Thank you. My link, if you want to order the book, is in there. I would love if you order with my link because, yep, I do get a little bit of a commission, tiny, tiny, tiny bit off of it. Um, okay. So I want to tell you the reason why I come in on that like raising fans tangent is um, someone actually gave it to me when I first got in the business. This has actually got a, a writing in here. Uh, one of the first lenders that ever reached out to me once I got in the business. Uh, she and I connected and she understood that my background, uh, I came from working for Nordstrom and Nordstrom, uh, the one thing that I was, that was grilled in me, my first day on the sales floor was that selling is service. You are not selling anything unless you are serving someone. So Nordstrom had this policy of you have to be a servant leader. So I firmly, firmly, firmly live that in my daily life. I will never ask anyone on my team to do anything that I would not do myself ever. And that includes asking for feedback, uh, putting implementing systems, making cold calls, door knocking as much as I hate those things, as much as I hate them, reaching out to random people on social, whatever I need to do to show them like, look, this is how we do this together. We're in a team. We're not, you're not alone in this. But one thing that they cover in um, Raving Fans, there's three rules to creating Raving Fans. Uh, the third one talks about systems. And what it says is consistency is critical because it creates credibility. Customers count on you to do what you say you'll do. Uh, when you exceed their expectations, um, it's important, but it's more important to consistently exceed expectations. So to do it one time is cool, but to consistently do it. Now, the only way to consistently do it is to have effective systems. Systems create consistency. Um, systems allow guaranteed delivery time after time after time. Do y'all all agree with me on this? You know, you know where I'm going with this? Okay, I'm, I'm drilling it into you, the mindset behind systems and why they're so important. Um, and the thing with the system is that it essentially tells you from the beginning what results you're gonna get. They're predetermined, they're predetermined results. You're basically already deciding when you develop a system and implement a system, you're deciding what kind of results you want to get. The best thing about a system is once you have it in place, if you need to make an improvement, it's really easy to go back and look at what step in the system needs to be adjusted instead of having to adjust the whole thing. I have been victim of not doing something the way I wanted to do it, and it wasn't written down, the process wasn't documented, and guess what happened? 
I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start over from scratch and start all over again. I don't know if you've ever done that, but that is like the worst waste of time because it's just like, I probably could have saved myself 24 hours by just having it documented in the first place and changing one thing. Um, Ryan is on my team and he, he's just start, he's just started with me uh, about a month and a half ago. And when, the very first day, I was like, dude, you got to write everything down. Everything. You have to write and record everything. Everything. But I don't care. When I teach you something, you need to write it down the way, the way you're learning it. Because what's going to happen is you're going to probably change what I'm teaching you. You're probably going to shift it to be something that's more efficient for you, which is awesome. That's what I want. But if you don't write it down in the first place, then you got to go and do it all over and try to figure out what we did. Make sense? So there's my little tangent about systems and why they're important. And that's why I firmly, firmly believe in them. So you hear me talk about them all the time. You hear me talk about my, my ever, my life is a system. I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I brush my teeth. I meditate. I journal. I read. I go to the gym for an hour and a half. My workout is very structured, very regimented. I know exactly what I'm starting out with, exactly what I'm ending with. I know exactly how long it's going to take me to do every exercise. I know how long my gym is going to be. So that tells me how much time I'm going to have in the morning to get ready. And I want to be ready by 7.30. Okay. It's a system. My life is a system. I also have a system of, of sometimes swirling. So I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. But my life is generally a system. Okay. Um, so let's going back to this. Um, a well-built system, it will optimize your business operations. It will enhance your efficiency in your business. We've talked about consistency. It will improve your customer experience. It's going to allow you to scale, to provide, to have leverage, to delegate, and to step out of the day-to-day grind of your business. Having a system in place is going to help you mitigate risk and compliance issues. And it's going to help you make data-driven decisions. So these are all really, really, really important. And the thing about a system is that it's not something that's going to be like, it's not sexy. Systems aren't sexy. Lead gen and getting a lot of leads coming in, that's sexy. Like how to go and find a bunch of leads is really, really, really sexy, right? We love to have leads come in. But if you don't have a system in place to nurture and convert those leads, how many of you have done this? How many of you are victim to that? I'd love to see it because I know I'm not the only one has done this before. You can have a ton of leads come in. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in. Okay, crap. What do I do with them? I'm, I, I, I go on these street text masterminds. I, I, I subscribe to street text. I use street text for lead gen. I'm on these masterminds and I hear so many people. What do I do with all these leads now that they're here? And I'm like, you gotta have a system in place because the system is what's going to help you set the foundation for your long-term success, for your growth, and to allow you to have resilience in a competitive market. And this market right now is highly competitive. Agents are dropping like flies, but there's not a ton of inventory. Right. A lot of people aren't selling. A lot of people aren't buying. Like the, 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 our market has shifted to where you have to really have something that helps set you apart, something that makes you be better and different than everyone else. Right. A system will allow you to create that resilience. So when the market shifts, right, when the market goes up or down, up or down, it doesn't matter. Another reason why systems are really important is, okay, I'm going to come off. Someone told me to stop doing this, stop share, but I don't care. Uh, <laughs> my call, I can do what I want. Uh, um, uh, so the other thing about a system is how many of you have done this? Okay, okay. October, November, December, 
okay, well, I don't really have a lot to do right now. So I think I'm just going to do heads down and I'm just going to do my vision board. Um, I don't really want to put a lot of money into marketing. So I'm going to cut my marketing expenses back. How many of you have done that? Then what happens, right? Then what happens is January comes around. Oh, crap. I'm starting to get my phone starting to ring. We're starting to get busy. We're starting to get busy. Oh, no. So spring comes and all of a sudden you're like, I need to, I need, I, I need to just get all these people taken care of. But you don't have anything in place. To help continue to generate the leads. So after the spring season, you go into the slump again. That is what happens 100% of the time. And that is why agents go like this. Okay. So that is why systems are important because a system, a well-defined system is going to allow you to not have that. Now, I'm not going to say that I don't have slumps in my business. We all have slumps. Every business has ups and downs. Every business has increases and decreases. But do I have, am I, am I straight across the board on finances? Do I know exactly where my finances are going? Do I know that when all that money's coming in in the springtime, that I'm putting more toward my, my winter nest egg, toward those months where I'm a little bit slower, right? Those are the months when my systems really take effect because then I don't worry about the, the down slump. I could, my business could literally go, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not manifesting this. My business could literally go the next six months with no closings and we would be okay. Everyone on my team would be paid. Every system would be in place because I have financial systems in place to make sure that I don't have to worry about that. I don't want that to happen. I definitely don't want to let run my, run my reserves dry, but systems allow you to be able to have that. Okay. So let's talk about the difference between a tech stack and a system. Okay. Uh, Nina, you raised your hand. Do you have a question about that? Um, no, it's at the end. I can wait. I'm going to write my questions down so I don't forget okay. them. Cool. <laughs> Sorry cool. about that. No problem. It's okay. So the difference between a tech stack and a system, because this is where I think a lot, like yesterday I talked about systems and someone was like, are you talking about KV Core? Well, here's the difference. Like a tech stack is a set of technology. You know, it's a set of technology. It is a set of tech. It's a toolbox of software that you have chosen to perform a specific task. Yes, they go hand in hand with systems, right? And I'm going to, I think, I think I'll show, I think I have a slide here that's going to kind of show you how my tech stack intertwines with my systems, but they're not the same thing. So get out of your brain system and software. They're two different things, two different things. I, I'm sorry. Can you break that down a little bit more? What you mean by tech stack? Yep. I'm sorry. I just don't get it. So totally. here's, here's an okay. example for you. Here's my oh, tech. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Here's my tech stack. Street text, Zapier, follow-up boss, Notion, Google Workspace, and Loom. Make sense? These are the technologies that my business uses. Everyone on my team uses all of these tools for different pieces of our business. Okay. These are not these. Yes, my systems intertwine. These these go into my system. So when I'm building my system, for example, my lead gen system or my lead nurture system involves street text, follow up boss, Google Workspace, and Loom. So they all intertwine with each other. But my system is not street text. My system is not just Xavier. Does that make sense? Does that help a little bit? That's the question. I wasn't on, I don't know. But that's the difference. So the, the difference is that like your technology is not the system. Okay. They go hand in hand. I'm going to give you an example of some famous systems to think about. Okay. And these don't necessarily include, they, they include technology, but they're not only technology, right? McDonald's. 
Okay. I don't know the last time I have not gone to a McDonald's forever, but I promise you, if I were to go to a McDonald's, it would probably taste almost the exact same as what it used to taste. And it would probably take the exact same amount of time as it's always taken a minute. Why? Because they have a very systematic approach to its operations, which is SOPs for food prep, order taking, customer service, and quality control, right? They have very specific guidelines, very specific training, very specific equipment, very specific procedures. So every single McDonald's that you go to in the entire world, it's going to be super consistent. You know what to expect. It's kind of like one time I went, when I was in Mexico one time, I really wanted some coffee, really wanted coffee. And it just was not the same. Coffee just does not taste the same. Um, so I really, 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 really wanted to have a Starbucks. I was like, I just need a Starbucks. I just, at least I know what to expect. And lo and behold, I saw Starbucks and I went in and yes, it was exactly the same as what I expected. So that's a system, right? It puts, it creates consistency, the exact same experience every single time. Another system to think about is FedEx. Okay. FedEx, it's very, very, very efficient. Like when I, I actually got um, my black belt in Six Sigma, I was, I, I was, uh, uh, I was actually before, before I was in, well, in one of my, one of my corporate little fields was I did a um, stint in business process. So um, that's where I really learned about uh, how to be more efficient. And one of the examples we talked about was FedEx and UPS. And how they save so much time and so much money by just changing little tiny things in their, in their process. So FedEx, they have a system that includes very specific SOPs for package pickup, sorting, transportation, tracking, and final delivery. When you walk into a FedEx, do you know exactly where you need to go for what you need? Yeah. Package drop-off, package pickup, print orders. It's very clear, very specific, right? They have hubs, logistics centers, delivery vehicles, tracking systems, personnel. They all work together in a system to ensure timely and accurate package delivery until unless they're late. FedEx is very rarely late for me though. So, um, and the thing, the thing about FedEx is it's allowed them to scale, right? Having systems in place, having these standard operating procedures that everybody follows the consistency, that's allowed them to provide reliable and efficient service on a global scale. Let me ask you a question. Based on your business today, if you were to pack up and move to another state, would you have a business? Very, I'd have the same business because I don't really have a system. So it would be the same. I so mean, like you would have, how would you build your business? Um, that's, well, I have to start systems. Oh, like you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't have a, a set, do this, do this, do this, do this, which is what I need. Yeah. Systems are important. And, Dewey. and you have all of that. You're great about it. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Mm -hmm. So what is the difference then in system and processes? I think the process would be the next step then because I do have the system and then literally I can see him implement the same system and even if I move to the different state. A process is the specific step that you do to complete that, that part of the system. Yeah, so yeah. we have checklists. We have these will be the next step of the system. Yes, then if I move, yes, I will have the same system is there, only now change the location, zip code, or lead generation. Mm -hmm. the, or, you know, the changing city name, something like that. Yep. There you go. Okay, so we went over that. We went over the tech stack thing. Um, I was going to show you kind of what my tech stack look, looks like versus what my systems look like. Here are my systems. Sales, hiring and operations, 
are hiring and HR, operations, expenses and budget, compliance, and marketing. These are my systems. I have systems for everything in here. Okay. These are all of my systems. Um, I'm going to really stress like the scalability of systems really comes, <laughs> you got to get them in place, but you can't really scale unless you really master this piece. You have to master hiring. You've got to hire the right people. I've made a lot of mistakes in hiring and I have finally in the last six months made the best decisions in hiring that I've ever made in my entire career. And that includes my entire time working in leadership and corporate, in corporate leadership. I've made the best decisions. The people that I have on my team now are absolutely the right people that need to be here. I want them here. They want to be here. We enjoy working with each other, except for, except for when business is like, ah, we got to do something, right? But it is what it is. It's a normal business. But a lot of that is because I've buttoned up my hiring process. I buttoned up, and I'm going to show you what my some of my HR systems look like here. I buttoned up my four quadrants of hiring. So before I even go and write a job description, I'm doing my four quadrants of hiring. If you didn't see my four quadrants of hiring training, I highly recommend you go watch it. It is in Agent Power Huddle, but this is this training here, four quadrants, how to determine who to hire first. I do this every single time before I even write a job description. What I used to do when I first started hiring people is I was like, okay, well, I think I'm going to try to find somebody to do this. You know, and then I hired them and then their strength, that wasn't their strength. And I'm a firm believer in strength-based training for strength-based leadership. I want people to do things that they want to do, the things that they're the best at, because I'm going to tell you something, if you are not working in your strengths, it is exhausting. It's demoralizing. It doesn't, it's not great. And so um, I, this is part of my system, four quadrants of hiring. I have a system for writing a job description. I have a system for interviewing. You can probably ask any of the people on my team, my interview process. It's like, it's more of a grilling process, to be honest. But I think, I think understanding why I interview that way, once they come on board, they can they understand, okay, this is why you interview that way. My interview process. I don't, I don't do just one interview. Guys, it's a it's a questionnaire they got to fill out before they even get to an interview. Then they do a pre-screen with a completely third party who's not even in real estate. Okay, and then they come to me, and then I do an interview, and then I might do a working interview. I might ask for a portfolio, ask for like there's a whole bunch of stuff that I ask for. I don't make a decision fast when it comes to to hiring and interviewing. On top of that, we have our onboarding process. Our onboarding process, to give you a quick glance, looks like this. Someone comes in. This is the first day. They know exactly what to expect on the first day. They understand what our tech stack is. They understand what platforms we use. They understand where to go, what is approved, where can they actually store things, where can they create things. Everything is systematized. Everything. Because that way, when they decide that they want to take the next step in their career, if that does happen and they, they decide that it's not here on my team, they have things that they can take with them that they've learned. And I also know that nothing's missing, that I can easily bring someone right on in, right? I have a very strict system for delegating, for a delegation process, our review process, our coaching process. Everyone on my team does a 90-day plan. We have a process for that. So it's a very, like, these are some of my HR systems. A couple of my sales systems, lead gen, lead nurture, lead conversion, client onboarding, client offboarding. I have a dream buyer system, dream listing system, listing conversation system, listing prep system, dream marketing system, and an open house system. I have an open house training. 
that this is how this is how we do an open house. This is how we do it. Here's your step-by-step guide. This is how we do an open house. So there are very, very, very clear systems for everything. And the thing is, the next question people are going to ask is, where do you document, document them? How do you build them? What do you do? We're going to go into that a little bit further on our next call. Um, but I am going to tell you that having these systems in place, hiring and sales systems, having these systems in place has dramatically changed the face of my business. And I'm going to also let you guys know that you probably also have a lot of these systems in place. You probably do. So if you think you don't, you probably do. I'm going to challenge you that you say you don't. But every single one of my systems are clearly defined, clearly laid out. Laid out. My clients understand what to expect. I have a system for onboarding my clients. Here's what to expect. Everything you need to know. Here's what we need from you next. What I need from you. Everyone of my everyone that works with me understands what to expect. We have a client offboarding system. Client offboarding system is very similar. What to expect next. You're going to get this X amount of requests for reviews. And I can tell you, I, we've been falling off of the client offboarding system. We have not been uh, as consistent with it as we need to be because my reviews have been a lot harder to get lately. But when I was on it, and we were doing it every single day. I didn't. I never missed a review, ever. So every single person on my team understands that we have systems. There's always questions about them. It's they don't. You don't. I don't expect everyone to learn them in a day. It's not going to happen. But I do expect that if there's feedback on them, that we 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 improve them. Right? Like we improve the onboarding process. Like the best time to improve an onboarding process is when you're onboarding somebody. The best time to improve an interview process is when you're interviewing somebody. So these are the systems that I have in place. And then I break them down even further. So next week, I'll go into with you a little bit more about um, how to incorporate tech stacks and systems. I'll show you kind of what that, I'll show you like a process module and what it looks like for me. A lot of people ask me about my street text uh, system, uh, lead conversion, lead nurture system. So I will show you what that looks like. Um, and maybe even give you a couple of thoughts to think about when you're developing your own systems. Okay, that's all I got for you. Julie. Do you really go through that whole manual that you just showed us for the client onboarding with the client as like a buyer consult or the sell or a listing presentation after that, once they become your client? Do I really go through it with them? Like do you literally sit down and actually go through that whole 100%. kind of module? 100%. Okay. You know why? Not just email them like saying, hey, this is how the process is going to work. Yeah. Because yeah. I, want to I want to create raving fans. 99% right. of agents will just email it and say I sent it. Right. Because I'm not, I, I'm not 99%. Yeah, I call that as expectation meeting so that we both are on the same page. And so that's the next meeting after they sign the listing contract or the buyer agency contract. And then now you hired me as your agent and this is how I will do it, like expectation meeting. So. Yes. Okay. Yep. In my in my dream method, it's actually the refined stage. So that's what we call it. The, the oh, what do you call it? Sorry. In my dream method, it is the say, second stage, which is the refined stage. Refined. Okay. okay. Yeah. Thank Nina. you. Yeah. Nina. Okay. Thank you. I wrote those questions down. You um one of them you kind of answered because you're going to go over street text later, how you do that system another day. But could I ask you for somebody who wants systems, who likes systems, but who doesn't really have systems, I just kind of do it. It's in my head. What do you recommend starting with? Because I would love to create 
I mean, I know we're going to do one together and I'm so excited about that, but what do you recommend starting with? Same thing I recommend starting everything with a brain dump. Oh, okay. That's it. Right. Get it all out. Brain dump, brain dump, brain dump, brain dump, brain dump. Dump it. Write down what you do. Write down what you do. And you'll realize that um, all of a sudden you have a lot more in place than you probably thought. Okay. God, I hope so. (laughs) Sam, that's a really, really good question. Uh, What if clients don't want to sign a buyer agency contract? If, If I don't agree, they go with another. Um, that is not a just my my personal thought on that, Sam, is that is not my client avatar. That is not my target client. Um, <laughs> and uh, if someone tells me they won't want to sign a, di- a buyer's agency agreement, cool. Adios. See ya. But I also make, make it very clear in the presentation of the buyer's agency agreement that, um, you know, this is for your protection. It's for your protection. Like it's for you because the reality is the buyer's agency agreement does like it also it protects the buyer because it'll, it's basically going to tell them that if I'm working with more than one buyer at a time, at least in at least in my MLS, okay, it might not be the same in yours, but at least in mine, if I um if I'm working with more than one buyer at a time and I have two buyers who like the exact same house, they're not going to be competing with me, my my buyer on writing an offer. So if it's a competitive house, I'm not going to be writing two offers for the same house. And so that is the protection that's there. Um, but also I kind of look at it like this. You know, if you if you have shown your client value prior to asking them to sign a listing agreement or a buyer's agreement, they're gonna agree to sign it if, if you've shown them the value. And what's gonna help show them the value is systems. Um uh Mila, you had your hand up for a second. Did you? Me? No, yeah. no, I didn't. Oh, I, 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 it's okay. Okay, sorry, I thought you did. Um, okay, so is there any? Does anyone have any other questions? Cool. All right, I hope this is helpful. I think uh, really starting to think about your business from a long-term scalability phase rather than the right now. I mean, we always tend to think about the the right now. It's really common. It's it's a it's a real estate problem. Um, you know, the right now business is great. Yeah, you need money right now, but right now is only going to take you as far as your systems. So um, I hope this helps. And uh, I look forward to seeing you all next week. Have a great day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.